together, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on okay, how do you have time to consume all this content you're listening to dave spadero interviews i, I take a morning bike ride and i just oh, oh i want to hear more about that but go ahead no this google trail i, I oh, really yes. wow yeah, that's- ladies and gentlemen welcome to birds with friends a new era of birds with friends the new theme song has dropped zach and shiel how are you gentlemen we are live on youtube Easily the most exciting moment of my day, week, month, whatever you want to say. It was right there when I thought the regular uh, song was playing, but I heard trio and I said, wait a minute, you know, I'm not the most observant fellow, but uh, I know that's not the usual song, but I, I, I should be asking Zach. I don't know why I'm talking. Zach, you're officially a part of Birds. You're in, baby. Like, I like a year and a half later. I appreciate the inclusion. I think that the theme song overstates the amount of bike riding I did. <laughs> you caught me on a day when I was bike riding, but uh, nonetheless, I appreciate the inclusion. Very, very fun. I think you can actually, you can tell in the very beginning that it's a slightly different intonation from our man Ian. And shout out and, uh, you know, enormous thanks to Mark, uh, Default Mark, for, for setting it all up. And Ian, the uh, dynamic recording artist who put this bad boy together, I'm pretty excited about it. It's a great job because the the theme the theme song is so great. Everybody loves it. Uh, I'll flex here. I was on actually uh, tight uh, Tennessee radio station. Okay. Uh, with our J- Joe Joe Rex Road. Joe oh Rex yeah, Rock, like a Rex Road. Uh, our Titans writer, and you know I, I was finishing up my hit, and he said, "Hold on, she'll before we." Uh, before we let you go, I got to say that theme song on your podcast, Birds with Friends, is wow. amazing. So uh, he's getting shout outs in Nashville. There you go. Shout out to Ian. Zach, this is like, this is, uh, it's like you have gone through the initiation process. And as we prepare for the start of season two, you're in, baby. As I said, I appreciate it. I, I, I had great respect for what you guys built. And I'm hoping yeah, that Well, I, you're the Kevin Durant. I hope I can. <laughs> I'm hoping I can be a part of it for a long time. I have a I have a, a feeling and a hope that I feel like um, Zach's wife Emily is going to be uh, the most excited about this. She will, but she'll laugh at at the bike riding thing. Okay, well, you know the drops can can uh, those can be adjusted. can be rotated, but you know the the lyrics those are those are down pat. <laughs> All right, so we are here on YouTube, and uh, if you're listening later, we're in your ears. But on this episode today, we have our Eagles. Preview extravaganza. We've got a bunch of superlatives to go through that Zach has come up with. We're going to do a little uh, owl you know superlatives. Things like who is the likeliest eagle to be the MVP? Who uh, is the likeliest backup that we're not talking about is going to have a big season? All kinds of good stuff like that. Um, But before we get to that, last night's show, very good stuff, I thought, running through the over-unders throughout the league. Uh, We each picked 10 teams and through our two challenge flags. So that means we each have 12 teams we're monitoring. And Marissa has the last team, the Tennessee Titans. This is, a, uh, I think, a seven-point chance for you 
So if we all go 500, the Titans go seven. You, you get this one correct. You get seven points. You win the bet. You get the Pasificios. You've had about 24 hours to think it over. Where have you landed? Well, I think that this was really hard because you guys did not pick this team. Yeah, this was so a tough one. There's for a reason yeah, exactly. as to why you did not pick it. And I have gone over. I've looked at the schedule. And I am going to go, my decision is under eight and a half. Oh. Because, I mean, the depth behind Ryan Tannehill, if he, I mean, it's. He not can't too... be as good as he was last year. You don't want to hear what they're going to say about you on, on the Nashville radio station. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, like, they do play the Jaguars twice. Obviously, they play the Bengals. Good they point. play, let me pull up the schedule again. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, like, I could totally game. see it. I can totally see it. But if well, Bears. I think I think yeah. If like if the Colts are not as good as Shield thinks they're going to be, there's certainly an opening there for uh, for the Titans. But I, I think uh, you know, Derrick Henry can he hold up again? Can Ryan Tannehill be as good as he yeah. was last year? Feels unlikely. And and we've talked about the you know someone gets COVID, he he's out for a few weeks. Then what? You I know? Like that. Yeah. Logan Woodside, and then they got Trevor Simeon on the practice squad. I did my research. Wow. That is an ugly. All day long, I'm like, all right, over. And they're like, no, under. That is an, that is an ugly backup situation. You I had can, no idea it was can, quite so bad. You can mark it here. I'm going under. Really, all right. I don't regret this, but that's my We'll, ha- we'll have a Titans update every week now. Yeah. This will be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that's good. Uh, all right. Um, and then the last thing we want to do is before we get to uh, the Eagles previews, this is not a uh, this is not a setup drop. This is not a, a thing to make you look bad, Sheil. But we are hearkening back to the owl you know draft from the spring, which I have won again. Another belt to my many belts here uh, because of Richard Rogers. Now I would have won anyway, but only by a few points. Richard Rogers gave me the blowout, but uh, we did clip out the discussion from Richard Rogers in the spring. I think it's a, it's a, you were right. You said basically what you said yesterday. Uh, okay. Dick Rod. <laughs> Richard Rogers. I beg yes. your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you- uh, I think Richard Rogers is like, uh, there's a really good chance that he signs with the team in like week five of next season when they need a, an emergency tight end. Why? What? Why? I have him at 10. Yeah. Last year, I won the Flu World Order draft, I'm pretty sure, because of Richard Rodgers, and you were yeah. incredulous then that I <laughs> thought he was going to come back, and there we are. Oh, all right. I, I have met 17. Re- uh, yeah, I don't remember anything, but now that you mentioned that, Bo, that's right. I crushed you probably might have been the same date last year, just yes. mocking you at even thinking about him coming back. You know what? I'm going to stick to my uh, <laughs> stick to my a year later my same uh, thought, and I have him at 18. My All God, right. if you can't explore a freaking uh, other <laughs> rosters and find anybody else to fill that role, then what are you really doing? I mean, give me a break. This freaking guy, he's going to be haunting me in my nightmares. <laughs> Un- it's The year is 2027. Bo opens the show by bragging about his win in the flu world order because the Eagles brought back Richard Rodgers to be their third tight end. He's the oldest tight end in the league, but man, does he really know the system now? This guy could really 
tell you the whole playbook inside and out. All it's right. so funny because it's not even like he's like a Brent Selleck or something where he has this track record of success. He's never done anything for the team. I mean, I but thought he was he's out played of the eight games with the Eagles. Back. <laughs> but also when he's described as, as this old player, he's only 28 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like that and part. He still of hasn't been able to stay healthy. So what is that? Well, saying? that is accurate. He has not. Hit, that's why he's only played eight games with the Eagles. All right. We've reached our quota of Richard okay. Rogers talk every week. Let's we got a lot I, uh, to get to. You know, I take a lot of I, I do um, think a lot about the uh, T-shirts I'm going to wear for the YouTube shows. My brother's birthday today. Shout out to John. Happy Wolf. birthday, Happy birthday. Happy birthday John. The, the Hamilton baseball shirt in his honor. So Onward March for the Buff and Blue, right? There you go. Uh, okay, oh. Zach, before we get to the the uh, big picture stuff, quickly tell us uh, the latest that's going on with the Eagles. There are some injury news items that we need to be aware of. Yes, yeah, so practice today, Lane Johnson, uh, Jalen Rager was out there, Miles Sanders was out there. So those three notable players, all three of them were limited in practice, but they were in pads. Derek Barnett was also limited. He was not in pads for the portion that we saw. Now, he wears sweatpants during practice. That's, that's always kind of been the case, but it didn't look like he was wearing shoulder pads. The rest of the, of the team was. Javon Hargrave, not Javon, Javon Hargrave uh, was not practicing. Same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. So those two were out. Uh, but really the injuries to monitor are Lane Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Rager, and, and uh, Derek Barnett. But Lane Johnson, Doug Peterson was noncommittal like about him playing Sunday. So, so that's a very interesting one just because of the amount of moving parts. I think Miles Sanders is, is going to play. Doug Peterson said, though, that they might manage his snaps early in the season because he really didn't have a training camp. Jalen Rager, who we were under the assumption, was not going to play week one. I don't know if he's going to be out there week one, but he was doing everything during the special teams period that he would typically do. And it looked to me like you can sort of tell sometimes whether the offensive lineman is expected to play just the way, by the way, they're going through those individual team drills. You know, Doug Peterson's answer today was uh, not super exciting. If you're an Eagles fan about Lane Johnson, I think it made you worried, but it looked to me like he's, he's probably going to play this week and gut it out. He may not be effective, but, but that's the way it looked to me. Is that what you thought, Zach? Yes. And, and I've, I've thought throughout, because I have heard that this injury is, is kind of more than the day-to-day variety that they've been describing. Uh, But Lane Johnson's the type of player who's played through bad injuries before. So I, I could see him being ready for week one. Well, it's tough, right? Because you don't want to start the season on a guy gutting through a, a, an injury that could get worse, but they also sort of need him. And we'll, we'll get to this on, on Friday, but you look at, at Washington's roster I mean, it's built like my Laurier draft team. Uh, like it's, it is, it is all defensive line. You know, yep. they are stacked on the D line and uh, limited elsewhere. So you really, this is a week where you especially need your offensive line ready. By the way, I'm looking at our screen and I see your name is King of the Beats, not Bo Wolf. Did you notice that, Shield? Uh, I did not. I was I was <laughs> responding to an editor. Sorry. So I heard Bo say for like the seventh time before we get to the Eagles preview, yes. and I thought, all right, now's a chance to respond to uh, respond to an editor. So I did That's not about see right. that. Okay, Zach, let's uh, let's get to it. Why don't you uh, tee us up with the first of the Al? You know superlatives. The first of the Al. I I need to pull it in front of me, but I believe it was the most likely player to get his first Pro Bowl bid or Pro Bowl nod, whatever who you want to use there yes the uh someone who has never been to the pro bowl before who is the most likely person uh would you like me to go first Sheila, you want to go 
I'll go. I thought this was like the easiest. Uh, I think one it's this. Here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a, a, in past years. This has been a very difficult one, but it's got to be Miles Sanders this year, right? I mean, I, I looked at it. I I didn't even. Uh, I saw one name, and I looked it up. No, he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. That's who I'm going with. I didn't need to look any further. Now, now one rebuttal to that because he he was the name I I had. Are we going on the initial mm, bid or just uh-oh. making the Pro Bowl overall? And the reason that clarification is important. Is if you look at, at the NFC right this now. This is great from Zach. I'm excited. Uh, Christian about this. McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I, I there's Alvin Kamara. That's I, I true. Mean, there's Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I deep. just named five running backs who are probably you would say better than Miles Sanders all in the NFC. Yeah, that's uh, good. It matter. It has to show up on his Pro Football Reference okay. pages. Pro Bowl. Right. Okay. That's so I agree. I which just so that's means any bid. Yeah. right. He can get in like as the seventh guy. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have Sanders too. I think that's the, the right bet. The other two guys I wrote down, Dallas Goddard. I think there's a path there if Zach Ertz gets, gets hurt, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty easy path for him, actually. Um, and then uh, you're going to be excited about this one. Cameron Johnston. Oh, I went a different sense. direction there. And who'd you go? Cameron who'd you Johnson. go ice? I went Jake Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. But Cameron Johnston's a good one. Cameron Johnston, interestingly, like, like we don't talk much about him. In his, in his two seasons with the Eagles, he has the, Shields two, ready best, to turn it off. He has the mean, two best net boy. punting averages in Eagles history. In yeah, he's been good. He's been really good. It's now, funny remembering how awful he was in training camp in yep. 2018. Marissa, if YouTube's about to crash because our traffic's just <laughs> through the roof with this uh, punter-kicker talk, then just uh, let me know. We'll come up with a solution. There is a lot of people watching and a lot of good comments in the chat. So. <laughs> I am frustrated that when we did this exercise last year, I did not pick Rick Lovato, who made his first Pro Bowl. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going Jake Elliott, who has improved his percentages on field goals and extra points. Last season, he was 84.6 on field goals, 94.6 on extra points. We know he has a strong leg. He's been a clutch kicker. I can see him making his first Pro Bowl. Appearance. Hold on. You went back and listened to last year's episode of this nonsense to see no, who you no, picked? It was, it was a written article. Was in, oh, yeah, this was okay. a written article. Uh, still a little bit too much effort for my liking. It's not like he was listening on the on the bike this morning. It was a quick, a quick glance. <laughs> uh, okay. That was an easy one to start with. Why don't you take us to uh, number two? So this is the starter who is not getting enough attention. Oh, okay, take I'll, it. Okay, I'll go. Uh, to me, this one is, and I'm not, I'm not looking at this like uh, a guy who's not getting gassed up enough. I'm, I'm looking at a guy who maybe we're not talking about enough in terms of his impact on how the season's going to go. And uh, that to me is, is Rodney McLeod. And mm-hmm. I think a lot falls on Rodney McLeod in, uh, you know, if we're going to believe that the secondary is overturned, like I buy that, that Rodney McLeod is fine taking over like the leadership role and stuff like that that stuff's all good to me, but he is a 30 year old safety who's uh, you know, game relies on good athleticism and he, he, he could fall off the cliff. Like there's this light bulb or flashpoint play from training camp that sticks in my mind of him getting burned for a touchdown by Elijah Holyfield, who we know is like one of the slowest running backs in the league. And uh, that worries me. And, McLeod, you know, missed a bunch of tackles last year. And I know, Sheila, you've said that you think he was pretty good on film last year. Maybe you're his best year that you've seen from him over the past three years. But things can go quickly for him. And if they do, 
you know, especially with Will Parks out, all of a sudden it's it's our boy Marcus Epps out there, and uh, this revamped secondary is all of a sudden basically Darius Slay and a bunch of castoffs. Yeah, I've got McLeod for a different category, so I'll save my take for him a little later, but I don't disagree with uh, anything you said. Zach, who, who do you have for this one? I had Jalen Mills, and we've, we've given him attention, but I think Jalen Mills is, is poised to have uh, a big role, obviously, replacing Malcolm Jenkins in there. I, I think if, if you measure him against Malcolm, that's a, that's a tough curve, but I think he's really going to have an impact on, on this team. I like the way he's, he's played. Uh, during camp and I think that's someone who deserves attention I had Mills as, as first on my list too I remember we were doing a podcast and a question came in that said how does Jalen Mills talk uh, how does Jalen Mills look you guys haven't talked that much about him and I think that day Bo you had a few observations about him but I have no idea what he's going to look like out there I mean on paper does it seem like he has the skill set to play that position I think yeah that's fair I don't think it's like a massive stretch and I think sometimes the coaches are too reluctant to try some of these things. So I have no issue with the position change and trying it at the same time. You know, I, I'm not convinced that he's going to come in there and light it up right away. I mean, talk about comparison to Malcolm Jenkins, you know, that that is not even going to be close in my opinion. I think you're just hoping for his first time doing this to get like some level of competency there where he's not costing you, not giving up explosive plays, not missing tackles in the run game. I mean, he's going to be in there in the box, having to stop running backs, you know, against guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. And so it's one thing to be on the perimeter and be a good tackling cornerback when, you know, the runs bounce to the outside. It's another to be right in there and whether you're taking on a tight end or somebody else. So uh, I, I do think he's a really interesting player going into week one. And it's so interesting from, you know, like uh, uh, Jim Schwartz perspective, uh, like I sort of asked him about this the other day, like, you know, are yeah, you flex. looking at, are you looking Big at, flex, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, I asked, a, I got, finally got <laughs> called on for a conference call. I couldn't get a Deshaun question in today, but I got to ask Jim Schwartz about Jalen Mills. Um, <laughs> like, you know, uh, do you think that, that was he, festering inside yeah, there? <laughs> it definitely was. Um so he was talking about how like he doesn't get to grade Jalen Jalen Mills on a curve like you know it week the games count week one he's never played this position in the NFL before it's not like he's going to be a hundred percent he's going to make mistakes uh, how much do those early mistakes cost him and um, like it's uh, there are a lot of moving parts in the secondary that that the Eagles are counting on being ready to go from the beginning and I think there there are going to be some uh, growing pains. We have a coach Flynn appearance in the youtube chat wow oh, a, lot, a lot of star power i feel like the other viewers are a little starstruck here he says brian flynn first time long time missed the first 43 minutes of the pod the other day did you ever discuss the results winner of the flit squad draft i'll hang up and listen hashtag flex <laughs> <laughs> nice job out of him loyal that listener. is a terrific comment <laughs> all right all right zach what's next yeah so the next one on the list is the current backup most likely to make a significant impact. I think you're up first for this one. Zach. Yeah. So got? this, this might surprise you who am I describing here? He's six foot five. He's 251 pounds and he runs a four five, a four, five 40. Who am I describing? I don't think coach Flynn is quite six foot five. Otherwise I thought, <laughs> uh, you know, for the sake of time, I'm describing Josh sweat. I've mentioned okay. those, those, those measurements quite a bit. Um, it seems every time I am, I'm, I'm talking about him on this podcast, on radio, like this, like I'm, I'm, I'm giving flex. those. Yes, that is a flex there. I'm, I'm giving those measurements. 
I, I, I think he's poised to have, I don't want to say a breakout year because I don't know if he's going to have the snaps of a breakout year, but everything I've seen during camp, everything I saw last year, the opportunity, the player, uh, the playing style, I think he's going to get pass rush opportunities. He's going to be the third defensive end, and I'm going near double digits. I mean, I mean not double digits sack. Going in that six to eight range, so above wow. five, okay. above five had, sacks. What well. he had four and a half last year. Yes. Okay. Now you said def- you gave one of your Zeburn definitive statements there that he's the third defensive end. No, so I, you- I think he he should be. I should say. Okay, but if you had if you had a uh, water gun to the midsection, more snaps him or Vinny Curry this you year. You love the gut shot. Who do you got? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna switch go it Josh- up. I'm I'm gonna go Josh Sweat. Okay, all right. I think he should. I think it would be pretty disappointing if Vinny Curry is playing more snaps than Josh Sweat. I like the. Um, uh, we have talked about this before, but in in the two articles we put out over the past couple of days on the uh, the over unders for the season, I do love when we get like if it's a news item. Zach is going to make sure that you know both sides of the story. He's going to make sure that you know all the angles. But if it's a betting thing, Zach is going to give you a definitive take the over. Like, just, you know, well, no hemming and hawing on a thing that actually he doesn't know what the answer will be. He is definitive on this. People want me to be more assertive, more definitive. <laughs> Who are these people? I want to, yeah, let's get them in here. Are we, and, well, is that an, our ombudsman? I don't know. It, it could be, I guess. Uh, Listeners, yes. All right, all right. texting Howie that JJ at the white side. <laughs> <laughs> great pick, uh, yeah. Joshua was a great pick there. So. Can, uh, can I go off the board here? This doesn't quite follow the instruction, so this if this is uh, not allowed, let me know. But I'm going with the guy who's not technically on the team yet. We think he's going to be on the team, right, Cordy mm-hmm. Glenn? Or no? Okay. Oh, do we think he's going to be on the team? Well, I don't so. know. I feel like don't I feel like the read the that it that it was the Eagles. Leverage player. Uh, yeah, a threat? leverage response to yeah. Peters is possible. Uh, okay. Now the same at the same time, there's no reason to sign him this week when you can sign him next week if you want and, and not, not guarantee his contract. Right? So all right, fine. Then I'll, I'll switch it up and go with someone on the roster in the same role because I feel like well, whoever tested the waters on Cordy Glenn and pulls it right back. Yeah. So whoever's going to be playing tackle if a tackle gets injured, uh, I feel like has a chance to have a significant impact. So. Uh, I'll go with the guy. Uh, no, no big deal to me that I mocked correctly to the Eagles. You're taking uh, my guy. When we, uh, well, I'll let you talk about him because you know much more <laughs> about him than I do. Uh, but that's uh, that's Jack Driscoll, who who has a chance to be their swimming tackle. I guess if they view him favorably over Jordan Mailata, you have an old Jason Peters who. I feel like best case scenario is playing 75% of the snaps. And so you would still need someone to play there. You have Lane Johnson, who we think is going to play this Sunday, but don't really know. And who, you know, certainly could be at an injury risk at some point. So whether it's Jack Driscoll or somebody else, they're going to need someone to fill that Vitae role, Bo. So, so let the people know, uh, you know, people might not have paid attention to this weird, weird offseason. So let them know who Jack Driscoll is. Well, I'm actually glad you went first because I have a bit of a problem right now where I keep referring to Jack Driscoll as James Driscoll. And James mm-hmm. Driscoll is a very fringe uh, professional golfer. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's swimming around in my head. I would have, I was about to call him Jimmy Driscoll. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, I would be very surprised if Jack Driscoll does not start at least one game for the Eagles this season. I think, I think at what the, positions? I think, well, that's the thing is that I think there are several paths to him being on the field. I think if uh, if Lane Johnson gets hurt and can't play a game, I think Driscoll plays right tackle before Mylotta does. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if Jason Peters gets hurt and can't play left tackle and say Cordy Glenn is not on the roster, 
I think that maybe Mylana goes to left tackle, but maybe Pryor goes to left tackle and Driscoll goes to right guard, or maybe Driscoll goes to left tackle. I think and I also play left tackle. And well, and I also think it's on the table that if Matt Pryor is not good enough at right guard, the Eagles can pull him. And it could be Herbig, but it could be Driscoll. And they've, you know, they've invested in Driscoll. He's the guy they they foresaw as the Halapula Vati Vitae replacement. I think they've been from everything they've said, encouraged by what they've seen from him so far. I mean, you know, it's training camp for an offensive lineman, so you can't really tell until he goes live. But uh, he has been taking more reps at right guard than he was in the beginning of camp. He's now doing both right guard and right tackle. So uh, I think I think they like a Driscoll, and I think that I I would I think he will play this season. We will we will see a little bit of Jake uh, Jake Driscoll, Jack Driscoll, uh, Ray, Jim Driscoll. Ray, loyal listener and I guess viewer. We have to say now, random Frank P says, "Is Greg Ward alive?" I've heard absolutely nothing about him this camp I swear and he was actually number two on my starter not getting enough attention mm. just because he's gotten zero attention that's true and he's gonna have to play he might play what 60 percent of the snaps until yeah. especially until Jalen Rager uh is back so you know this is a guy who we haven't talked about it much he's not I guess you wouldn't call him the most exciting guy but a great yeah. story how about Zach when Zach's tweet the other day Bo Wow, you got to take some social branding lessons from him. He was going viral with a Greg Ward tweet. I didn't see this tweet. Oh, yeah, Did that qualify as, as, as viral? Hundreds of retweets, I thought. What was the tweet? Am I wrong? I'm not keeping score. No, so. give me a break oh, with this not keeping God. score. We know you're I'm keeping gonna, score. I'm talking we're getting, to the Berman We're getting texted all hours of the day because uh, you're keeping score. I'm going to talk to the little Bermans. <laughs> yeah, Dad, on, Dad, Dad, on Dad does check his matter. retweets quite often. Yeah. No, 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 no. The... <laughs> When what they're referring to, what we need to tell the listeners is what they're referring to is how our stories are. I very much keep scoring that because I am judged based on that. A retweet on Twitter is is, is not how judged I in all different ways. That's right. But but very much like please. I mean, your tweets get go on national football podcasts. What was the what was the wow, Marissa? Tweet? Great job of producing here by Marissa. She sent me the tweet here. Uh, here was the tweet. This is Greg Ward's fourth summer with the Eagles. He was waived on cutdown day each of the past three years. He was signed the next day to the practice squad each year for the first time in his NFL career. Comma dramatic pause. Ward made the fifty-three man roster. Mm. And uh, how many how many likes do you think this bad boy got, uh, Bo? Give me Ooh. a give me. Oh, but wow! There I was underselling the retweets here. Unbelievable wow. engagement here from Zach. What a story! What a story told in those <laughs> those several characters. All right, let's get on to the next character. Uh, give me. I'm gonna guess one thousand four hundred and thirty three likes. Seven thousand. Four hundred likes! Wow! Wow! Who is the former social media employee <laughs> on this podcast? It's I thought it was Bo. Such an odd conversation. Who's who's the re- how Sorry, many retweets are we talking? You know, literally, like I I, I spend uh, hours upon hours on our stories. That tweet took thirty seconds. Uh, so, nice flex. Uh, thirty so seconds. Maybe it's time. To, maybe likes. it's maybe it's time to start spending thirty seconds on your stories. Please, I, I, I've taken that approach. Please, please, please read our our stories that are up. I, 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 Zach I has a Zach Zach has a big story coming tomorrow. Yes, I have a story tomorrow morning. Stay tuned for it to drop. Looking forward to. Uh, okay, I've Zach is very uncomfortable. I want to know us. how many you didn't you didn't tell me how many retweets though. Six six eighty eight. Six eighty eight. <laughs> Whoa, that's a monster, Zach. <laughs> I mean, that's like 
it's it's an, it's, it's no big deal to you. Uh, NBD, yeah, NBD. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Let's move on before Zach just throws uh, his so headphones the, to the so ground. Did you guys all, all, all answer the backup? We did both it? went Driscoll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you both went Driscoll. Okay, so now here we go, and I, I think this is what <laughs> Shield was teasing with the with the Roddy McLeod one. So I'll let Shield go first. Player most likely to take a step back, unless Shield thinks McLeod's a team MVP this year. Uh, no, you are, you are correct. Yeah, that that's who I had here. I mean. I thought last year he was significantly better than he had been uh, the previous year. I'm not saying he was like a terrible player in previous years, but I thought he was definitely better last year than he was. This is a guy with with a bit of an injury history, right? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know the, I don't have the numbers. Just really last season, though. Just last oh, season. Oh, I'm sorry, not last season. Before. Seasons. Last season, he only missed one snap because he had to pee, if I remember correctly, yes, right? Correct. Okay, but he did have surgery in the off season. He is 30 years old, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, so, you know, those guys are at an injury risk. And now, you know, it, it's a nice story. What we talked about with, hey, he was always a leader and it's no big deal with Malcolm Jenkins gone. It's not a new role for him. But if you look at their secondary, which I had in my piece on The Athletic today, you know, 80% when they're in nickel are either new guys or guys playing different positions than they've played before. I mean, Rodney McLeod is the only guy who is at the same position he was at last year as a regular starter. And so that's somebody... 80% four out of five, I believe. Yeah. Good job. You've been working on your fractions. Yeah. Okay. That would also be eight out of 12. I mean, eight out of 10. No, that's yeah. wrong. It'd be eight out of 10. Yeah. But, out of... but I don't think they have 10 DBs in nickel. Be 12 out of 15. You want me to keep going? I do if, because you already yeah. messed up one. So right yeah. now you're at a 67% clip on your 80%. 66.7, but uh, <laughs> be more precise here. Uh, so, so I think Rodney McLeod's going to have a lot to do getting guys lined up, communication. Jim Schwartz, you know, flexed it on Matt Patricia, said, We're not just going to line Darius Slay up there. We're going to be disguising our coverages, talking about that quite a bit this offseason. You know what happens when you try to disguise coverages and it doesn't go well? It is 60, 70, 80 yard plays and, uh, and it really can get you in a lot of trouble. So all of that, in my opinion, falls on Rodney McLeod's plate. And uh, I would not be surprised if, if he did not have a great season and was a little bit uh, overwhelmed with some of these things. Oh, I thought you were putting up like, a, you know, when uh, somebody's about to be on TV and they hold up the white sheet of paper for mm. the camera person. Yeah. Yeah. I I up good. this little notebook because I've got some notes for my answer on this one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but I think that's all well said on McLeod, and I uh, I agree that that is a potential danger spot. Uh, okay, for me, the player who I think is most likely to take a step back. This is not uh, you know does it, it does me no pleasure to talk about this, but uh, this guy who wants a new contract, Zach Ertz, who tun- who turns thirty in November, um, and you know got banged up at the end of last season. Tight ends, the history of tight ends over the age of 30 is pretty ugly. So Zach Ertz, if you look at pro football reference, is at like, uh, he's like 57th all time on the Hall of Fame monitor. So I looked at all these sort of uh, contemporary tight ends who were above him um, on that list. Todd Heap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got a guy. I hate this. this is very rude, okay. but we got it. We got a comment. Okay. I cut you're, you off all the time. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna appreciate this interruption. I was just going okay. through the comments. And a, a comment from Pelly says I was debating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna drop it in. <laughs> all right. I was debating the athletic subscription re-up, and then you <laughs> 
just go. It's about the one name all-star or the- No, uh, I'm good. And, I, we got to hear this. Huh? And he goes, and then y'all brought up Cordy Glenn being confused <laughs> by the two. What's this? <laughs> Would you like me to I love I love <laughs> this person. Can you read? I don't have it in front of me. I, I, I full was interruption. Debating, the, I was debating the athletic subscription subscription re-up, and then y'all brought up the Cordy Glenn being confused by the Taylor brothers. That was the funniest moment in Birds of Friends history. <laughs> this is how we're selling subscriptions. <laughs> I hope they're watching. Right. I hope our bosses Sorry. are watching. Sorry. I thought that was very funny. Great. Comment. That is funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, so these are the, the, uh, the tight ends who are higher than Zach Ertz in the Hall of Fame monitor and how their career has sort of ended. Todd Heap, retired at 32. Owen Daniels, retired at 33. Algie Crumpler, retired at 33. Heath Miller, retired at 33. Dallas Clark, retired at 34, but, you know, completely fell off a cliff after 30. Vernon Davis, played for a while, but never had a season with over 650 receiving yards over the age of 30. You keep rising up. Jeremy Shockey, done at 31. Greg Olson still playing at 35, but has fallen off a cliff over the last four seasons. Jimmy Graham, you know, we talk about has been Garbanzo beans the last few years. Had an okay season at 31. That was it. Uh, Gronk, retired at 21, now back at 31, or 29, back at 31. Antonio Gates, okay, now we're talking about like the best tight end, one of the best tight ends of all time. He was good over the age of 30. And like Zach Ertz's game, which Hold he's on. not. What, what, what was the qualify? What was the category here? This is just tight ends who oh, are like, these are like sort of contemporary tight ends who, okay. who had better careers to date than Ertz has had. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so these guys were, were even better than Ertz. Okay. Now Ertz is like, you know, he's probably better than some of those guys, but. His game is like it's not like he has athleticism to lose. Like he's he's winning on the margins with uh, you know, the leverage and the route running and stuff. Like I'm worried that that he can sort of fall off a cliff. And this is why, like, it's a good it's 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 good roster building to have a guy ready to take over in Dallas Goddard for him. And if you really believe in uh saying goodbye to sentimentality, like this is an easy decision to move on from Zach Ertz and like Yes, he's Carson Wentz's best friend. That's that's great, and he's done a lot for the organization. He caught the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl. But if you are going to say that you don't care about that and you can't afford to care about that, this is like you got to play hardball here because you have a guy who's ready to play in the prime of his career at that position. Zebra, what do you got? You're you're a big Ertz guy. Yes, I mean, I I, I love an I hear those stats. I I think that there's a solution that can be found now. If it needs to be Travis Kelsey or George Kittle money, then I I I do think that is is too much. But I I think there's a a middle ground that that can be found, and I think Zach Ertz is going to remain effective into the early years of his next contract because his game does not rely on speed and athleticism. Yeah, but that's such a that's such a slippery slope. Like if your game doesn't rely on speed and athleticism, if you no longer have baseline speed and athleticism, it's hard to win. Well, how long was was Jason Witten? Well, so that's what I that's what I was going to go. That's a good one. Witten is the the one. Witten is the guy, right? And that's the guy who Ertz has uh, patterned his game Mm -hmm. after, and he's still playing at 38. But are you going to pay for uh, after the age of 30? These are Jason Witten's yardage totals. 31, pretty good, 851 yards. 
Then it goes to 703, 713, 673, 560. Those are competent, cromulent, tight end numbers, but not, but not top of the market stuff you're going to pay for. And that's like, that's one of the best of all time. Fair point. Fair well, point. Uh, I will take issue with saying it was good roster building with Dallas Goddard. I mean, if they would well, have taken sure. him this year in the draft, then yeah, that, that would make sense to me. Uh, you know, it, it's not a bad, it's not a bad point about Ertz. I mean, you're right. He turns, so he turns, he 30, turns 30 in November, November, November 25th, and you already have him under wow. contract. He's got, he's got the date memorized. Is, is that his birthday? November 25th? No, November oh, 10th. November 10th. Okay. I think you have to leave the pot. We can't Sorry have that type that. of yeah, mistakes. That's, that's, uh, that's not good enough. Uh, but you have him under contract for his age 29 season and his age 30 season already. Right. So, I mean, we will see what they are willing to offer and uh you know what uh what he is seeking and to be uh, fair it does seem like they are holding some kind of line based on yeah you know the agent fed reports that was that was out there a couple days ago so we'll see what happens but uh you know i i, I would not be eager to to sign her to a big money contract but you chose him as your now now the numbers you were pointing out there you're saying like 700 yards any tight end can get you know that's not really true i mean if you look at it last year eight tight ends at 700 yards uh if you're looking at above average okay. let's say like top 12 it was 570 yards and so you know well yeah but but it's it's uh it's not just can he get that but can he give you more than what you would get from dallas goddard there is that the question though because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sign dallas goddard also yeah, I but mean, wouldn't wouldn't you rather sign Dallas Goddard? I mean, let, let me look at. It's a little slow here. Uh, that you, I agree with you that like if we're looking at the um, Andy Reid Joe Banner Eagles in the in this situation, I think they would definitely say let's move on to the younger, let's reward the younger player, move on from the older player. It's a tough decision, but it helps our football team win. So I don't uh, I don't disagree with you there. I think the production this year is is going to tell a lot because at, at this rate, it's it's hard to see them having an, an extension at, at least before the season. So maybe something gets done during the year, if at all. But I really think that his production this year will tell that story. Uh, so shout I am out up to uh, shout out to Coach Flynn. I've got my Medieval Times Cup uh, working on here. There you go. Uh, so I am up, and I'm going to go Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is is 32 years old. Okay, he had eight and a half sacks last year, uh, but three of those came in that Jets game, which was just like awful. Um, and most of his pretty, and when I say awful, awful like the Jets' offensive line quarterback situation that day, not the game itself. One of the worst situations yeah. I've ever seen. Um, and a Jeez, lot of his production, yes, <laughs> a lot of his pass rush production during the past few years has come when he's bounced inside and been an interior rusher. I do not anticipate them doing that this year just because they have three interior rushers that they want to have on the field. Um, so Brandon Graham's going to have to rush from the edge. I don't think he's as effective running from the edge. He's obviously a, a great player in recent Eagles history, had the biggest sack in Eagles history, uh, Eagles immortality, an incredible story. But, but let's be honest here. He's never had double-digit sacks. He's in year 11 this year, correct? Um, and – I think that that uh, when I say a drop in in production or, or 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 taking a step back, he might be between you know five and eight sacks, and you can probably get that production from somebody uh, who 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 costs less than he does. 
Boy, Brandon Graham and Zach Ertz. Good way to get the listeners <laughs> pumped for the season, guys. Way to go. These two uh, Super Bowl heroes are just going to fall off a cliff all of a sudden in, two th- in uh, 2020. Uh, Graham is a tough one because I thought Graham was arguing. You know, I-, I hear what you're saying with the Jets game, but I thought overall he might have been like their best defensive player last year. I thought he was he from the, the he interior, was, though. He, he was the chicken well, defensive player of the year. I don't, I don't know that it's true that, all, that, that the majority of his sacks came from the inside. Yeah, I would have to. I mean, certainly that has that has happened. I don't know what the splits are, and would need to uh, look that up. But I don't know. I feel like defensive linemen can mature a little later, or uh, still be good into their mid thirties. You know, a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul got, I think, a two-year, twenty-five million dollar contract this offseason. Graham has been very durable here. I mean, I'm looking at his Pro Football Reference. He's played. He, he hasn't missed more than one game in a season since 2011 it looks like so he's been very durable uh so I, I don't know i mean maybe he's uh maybe he he is hitting his peak i mean i thought last year was kind of a, as good as as well as he's played i mean certainly the last three year stretch here you could say but uh you are right i mean they have well, we had to do this project for uh that you'll find on the athletic i think tomorrow it's sort of looking at every team over the next three years and which teams are best positioned to have success. And we looked at a number of different categories, but one of them was the Patriots come to mind. Well, yeah. Uh, One of them was roster core, like not including the quarterback, you know, the quarterback was Mm -hmm. a separate entity and we had a good discussion about it. And I was just like, all their good core players are going to be 30 by the end of the season or are already over 30. Like it's, you look at some of these other teams and you know, they've got like four pro bowl caliber players who are 25, 26 years old. And uh, I think obviously we've talked about this before with the Eagles and age, but Graham certainly falls into that Graham, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Ertz, Fletcher Cox, all these guys are going to be 30 or older going into next season. It's the opposite situation from the 2016 Eagles, the team they inherited when I say they, I mean Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, where they had this collection of ascending players and just the drafts the past few years and especially trading those picks in the Carson deal um, and, and, and then trading in the Darby deal, things like that. Uh, they just don't have the same amount of young talent coming up. I, I do want to mention one other thing here. Uh, fantasy football draft season is upon us. Now, due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have – Matt Pryor's hair in your hands. Nice. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a, in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology. Your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is $39 value added, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. Oh, lots absolute of, besties. 
Lots of comments in the chat. People love that Z Berm is finally in the intro song, uh, but there are some questions about why Marissa was not included in the no. uh, in intro song. <laughs> She's like, please. <laughs> distance, I'm to distance no yourself as much as possible. <laughs> no interest. A uh, lot of comments about Zach's attire today. Philip says Zach looking mm. sharp as uh, a four-letter word. Uh, Tyler, Tyler, saying, Tyler saying Zberm looks like he's taking a business meeting in first class. I like that. Mm. You do, you do see the business people. They love a half zip, you know. They're mm. really they're on I, the move. Yeah, I, 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 I like a half zip. A little. I, it feels a little early for the half zip. I but, agree. Uh, yeah. Wow. Basically, summer. How are you feeling? What's the? Is it cool in the house? No, I I I typically uh, wear long sleeves. So I, yeah. So I oh, I, I don't true. know why this is a topic of conversation <laughs> here. Well, uh, now I do have to say, Zach. I know that this is not a conversation that you want to have, but I feel like the listeners uh, have been following this storyline. They sort of want the update. Uh, please tell them about your voluntary um, demotion out of tier two. I don't know if the listeners really want the storyline, um, but we're, we're not allowed at, at practice for the entirety of practice anymore. It's only a 15 minute period. So the reason we had the tier two designation in the first place was when they had to go inside during training camp you want to be represented. You want the media to be there to give an account of what occurred. So that was the reason why there was that tier two designation. Now, when really what you're doing is you're there taking attendance, like I, like I shared the attendance before, but the team is giving out a, a participation report anyways, the injury report after practice. Uh, I have no objection to going in getting a daily test. Um, I, I actually, frankly, it provided a, a, a peace of mind, yeah. if not fodder for this podcast. Um, that being said, <laughs> there were uh, there were unintended um, uh, consequences, or I wouldn't even say consequences, implications, um, such as like uh, testing during travel. We're still trying to figure out our our travel situation in terms of covering games this year. How do you do that on on uh, on on travel days when the team's not there? You don't know where you're going to be. Uh, seating in press box, I would have to sit separate from Bo and from all the other reporters. I, I would need that a separate would be nice I would have jumped all yeah. over that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would need. Yeah, like, I I would have like my own bathroom. Like it, it just, oh, you know, it gets you know, better. No, no, like um, <laughs> like a tier two bathroom. Um, there were just. Anyways, I don't know why this is a topic of, of, of conversation on the podcast. In 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 any event, it it, it made sense that uh, at, at least for the time being, let's just have everyone tier three. Uh, and those days when it's raining so hard that they practice indoors, we would go off the injury report on on those days. It, it just seemed the benefit wasn't worth. Uh, all the things that that went into it from the organization side and and, and from the reporter side. Uh, that being said, um, it, it's still a flexible policy. We'll see. And that was the minute and a half that was totally unnecessary. Well, listen, there's a you know there's a serious leadership vacuum uh, in this country. And if you know if if we had people leading the way like Zach, the egalitarian at heart, making sure that. If it's not fair for everybody, he doesn't want to get the benefits. We'd we'd all be in better shape. How's the communication? Do you feel, Bo? What do you mean? With those okay. emails, is it too excessive? All the emails from you updates? as the leader? No, or I don't think it's leader, too excessive. As the, okay. As the president, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hail to the chief. <laughs> um, all right. Where were we, by the way? We're on. Uh... Lewis says my girlfriend hates when I watch live BWF. Well, she'll be a fan. It's mm. uh, 
it takes a while to get used to just, uh, just she just has to she has to practice uh the same face marissa is able to pull up where it looks like she's paying attention but really has other things going on uh michael wants to know what bit is zb going to use to get out of today's pod he already used the equipment malfunction maybe go with the my wi-fi is dropping today i'm actually precariously close to my computer dying here so uh, oh, it's good. it's possible we may have uh, me being the one to. Have All right, to switch well, let's up. go. Let's it's funny we talked about this being a, a one-hour podcast. It's already seven fifty-one. And That's true. Have... Zach's got a fantasy. Uh, That's all right. I'll, I'll do it on All my right. iPad in front. Okay. Of me. All right. Let's go. Good. Let's get to some more. Um, so, Team MVP, and I I hope I can change the rules on the fly here. I think we should do Team MVP besides Carson Wentz. Is that a fair? Well, I got a whole Carson Wentz thing ready. Okay. Give so it to us, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know if it's a whole thing, but. So we can in- include Carson Wentz, but I-, I just think the quarterback is an obvious one. Flexes um, and then he backs down. Let's hear it, Bo. Let's hear it, Bo. I mean, it's not so much. It's I just wrote down some notes. That's all. Um, but I mean, I yeah, I think it is Carson Wentz because uh, everything they have done this offseason seems to me to be to tr- to try to make this, you know, Carson Wentz's team uh, that from reworking the offensive coaching staff, uh, bringing in Rich Scangarello to help maybe move the pocket a little bit. Uh, as Shiel has so uh, well-defined, you know, the difference between how Wentz performed last year inside the pocket and outside the pocket, fourth best in the, uh, in the league outside the pocket, below average inside. Uh, you know, they have – they tried to rework the wide receiver core. I think we disagree with the way they went about that, but it should at least be better than last year. And I think if you have, like, if you have real optimism about the Eagles this season – it has to be because you think that Carson Wentz is going to have a, a 2017 like season. Um, and then the other thing is like, you know, I'm, I'm probably too much of a sucker for this, but you know, I buy into the fact that he's probably um, in, in some better standing in the locker room now with the way that he has sort of handled the, the things that have gone on this summer from a uh, social justice perspective and uh, you know, being a listener and a, a, a vocal leader on those things. I don't know that that stuff matters on the field, but um, I think it maybe leads to less behind the scenes sniping and stuff like that. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think arrow pointed up towards, towards Carson Wentz, the, uh, the new dad. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm realizing now that I sort of misinterpreted the question and I sort of answered most indispensable Okay. Eagle, is that okay. all right? I mean, yeah, yeah I think I'm Wentz- curious as to how you misinterpreted just team MVP. You know, I, I thought it said, uh, I thought it said team, uh, MIP, MIP. Okay. Yeah, I think there was a typo, and uh, it must have been a typo in Zach's uh, text or email there. Uh, Carson Wentz, obviously, if they if the good things happen, you know, he's going to be the MVP. I think Lane Johnson may be yeah. the most number one overall pick in the foot squad draft yeah, for a reason. It, yeah, it really feels like it, they are one, like a Kelsey or a Lane Johnson injury, I feel like might just torpedo their season. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe a Driscoll surprises you. Maybe a Mylotta is better than you thought. Wouldn't maybe, that be something? Maybe, yeah, what if Mylotta comes in and just like tears it up? Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and Baldy's just, Baldy's just like gamer. I told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a gamer. Yeah, he's It'd like, be great for us, by the way, because he is like an outstanding <laughs> quote. So... That would be wonderful if is, you know, talking frequently. Yeah. It'd be so. funny if, if both he and Joe Osman are just perennial pro bowlers. And it turns out that all those all those summer battles was just like the two best in the league going after each other. 
That would be something. Yeah. <laughs> that that really would be something. So, all right, I don't have much more to say about Lane Johnson. Yeah, I think so that's I, pretty obvious. I had Lane Johnson too, and I I I thought that he was uh, he was playing real well at a point last year. Then he got the concussion. He he got the ankle injury, um, and I just thought the second half of the year. Uh, I don't want to say people forgot about him, but he he got a contract that made him at that point the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL for a reason. I, I think he's an elite player. And if he's healthy, he'll play like that. Uh, the next one, team leaders in rushing, receiving, sacks, and interceptions. And I, I think we can all agree on on rushing. This was from last year when it was more of a question. So we can yeah. make it receiving, sacks, and INTs. All right. I can take this one. Uh, for receiving, I have the guy who both thinks is going to fall off uh, the face of the earth. This I have year. too. And, and, uh, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the smart <laughs> bet. Yeah. Yeah, Zachary. I, I thought you're already making him Todd Heap here. Uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, he might lead the team with 780 <laughs> yards receiving. Well, this is the thing, actually. I mean, if you look at it, does it does it not feel to you guys like they're trying to capture something they had in 2017? As I was thinking more about this roster and how they didn't go out and get a big name wide receiver and what they did with the offensive coaching staff, I, I, I mean, maybe this is something we've discussed before, maybe something you guys had thought of like six months ago, but just when I was writing today, it really felt like that on a number of levels. And so that year, Ertz was their leading receiver with like 823 yards or something like that. And I think they want to have a similar sort of formula this year. So I've got Ertz leading them uh, in receiving. Uh, I've got Fletcher Cox leading them in sacks. I was that would about be very it. good for them. I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he's at the age where you say last year was like the start of just a huge decline and the guy can't play anymore. I, I think he can still play. He's he's 30 years old or 29 years old. He had a really bad year last year. He was not impactful enough, but he was impactful in flashes, in stretches. And so it was still there somewhere, whether it was injury or something else. The reason why it wasn't more consistent, I don't know. But uh, I actually have a feeling he's going to bounce back and maybe have more of a 2018 season when he had 10 and a half sacks. And then uh, interceptions, I'll go with the guy we already talked about, and that's Jalen Mills. You know, I'm with you on every one of these. Okay, you had the same three? Yeah, same three. Same three. Okay. Well, anything to add? I can shut up now. You you take it from me. No, I, I like the way you <laughs> explained everything. I, uh, it's always good when I agree with Shield. No offense, Bill. Um, I know that's right. <laughs> no, wow. uh, I've that got was Brandon, a joke. I've got Brandon joke. Graham for sacks. Um, oh, a shot across sacks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bow? Is it bow? Bow? Yeah, bow. Bow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like Blau, the mm. former, I guess, the, now practice The quarterback squatter. of the squatter. Yeah. 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 Uh, and interceptions, I have Avante Maddox because I think he's going to get a bunch of targets. So that he's going to the one who oh, everybody's going to be throwing one. at. So he's going to have more uh, more opportunities. Um, and the one thing I will say on on receiving, I have Ertz too because I'm baking in, you know, Deshaun missing some games. But uh, I wrote this today in, in our, uh, you know, the question about how many games Deshaun's going to play. I think it is like um, overlooked or underrated nationally how uh, big of a role Deshaun Jackson has when he's healthy. Like. If he's on the field, he's the number one receiver, um, like, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think you saw it in that Washington game last year. As long as he's healthy, he's going to have a big season. So would he, be your, would he be your number two? Yeah, I mean, and if you guarantee me he's going to play 13 games, I would say he's going to lead the team in receiving. Okay. By the way, he said today, get your popcorn ready. Yes, That's he did. That's what he said about the season. Get your popcorn ready. Mm. There well. you go. 
if things don't go well, there will be no fans to throw that popcorn <laughs> onto the field at that. Uh, right. So the next one we have is, is Carson Wentz's projected line this year. Mm. Uh, I will go first. I had 65% completion percentage. I had 4,100 yards. I had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So very, I feel like that's very pretty similar to last year, right? Yeah, the percent yeah, yards, the percentages is a little higher, and then the uh, the the yards are higher. The touchdowns, I'll be honest with you, I had to go twenty seven because I went under in in mm. today's wow, I mean, which I hope people you, read. You, you say you had to because you are a an upstanding citizen, but nobody would. Bo have would have done the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you can't play both sides. Bragged of about being right six months from now. <laughs> yeah. So, All right, Bo, what do you? I, I, I used to listen to the intro and said nobody's listening. Nobody yeah, will remember. So, so when I did this uh, for this um, for this morning story, I, I pointed out how few quarterbacks actually had more than 27 touchdowns last year, including Deshaun Watson, including Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it was a fraction of the, of the receivers, oh, of the quarterbacks who had 4,000 plus passing yards. So I, I think that's a hard benchmark to hit. But if I did not pick that this morning, I'd probably make that like 28 or 29 touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I have 64% completion percentage. Just that's to, what uh, I have. Okay, there you go. Um, I actually didn't even do yards. I just have 7.5 yards per attempt, which is I had 7.4. Okay, slight bump up. Um, and then I went 32 interceptions. How many interceptions? Eight. 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions? Yes. Wow. All right. Take a whiff, Carson. So I this is 30- like 2017 when he got hurt? numbers yeah i think so without the yards and now now the touchdown thing i think um as we talked about in those over-unders there's a lot of room for his touchdowns to grow because he did not have a lot of uh long touchdowns last year and that should be a part of the offense more this year than it was last year i think he had only five touchdowns of 25 yards or more and there were uh, you know almost 20 guys who had more than that the flip side to that is there's maybe some regression in the red zone because he's always been so good in the red zone. And that's maybe not quite as sticky year to year, but I do think that it is a, a skill set of his that is good. I went 64%, 4,200 yards, 7.4 yards per attempt, 31 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Now uh, I will tweet this link out. Uh, Ed Feng, who is uh, a Westchester, Pennsylvania native, was trying to do a study where he let an analytical study because you know on his podcast. Yeah. And so we always talk about, you know, uh, turnovers are random from year to year. And so he was trying to figure out, is there a way you can predict them a little better? And I think what he found, and I haven't combed through it all the way yet, so this might not be totally accurate, but from what he was saying uh, during the, the podcast I did with him, he was finding that if you like threw a lot of passes that, you know, defenders got their hands on pass breakups, these different types of things that you were more, you know, you were getting lucky if you had a low interception total and that that would kind of show itself eventually. And so one of his theories or, uh, you know, going forward is that Carson Wentz's interception percentage might not be as low as it has been uh, in the first four years of his career. So maybe I had that in my head and uh, bumped that up a little bit to 12 interceptions. Well, we know, of course, about the uh, interceptable passes that he had as a rookie, right? Sorry. Okay. Got to take take some pot shots for like two people who get that joke. Yeah, I'm sure you're taking a shot at somebody. I have no idea what you're talking about. I understand the joke. Okay. It was a former, it was someone who used to be. And you don't have to be. So you don't have to call out to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just let, let it let it <laughs> live for the people just... who get it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. um, uh, some all comments right. here. Some comments here. Uh, yeah. Really quick. Uh, 
Someone says, I'm just here for Zach's stock tips. Someone else says, I'm just here to find out where Zach went on vacation. Uh, there's a Jeez, question a about people are vet. I mean, you have taken over. You're literally. the star of the show. There's in no doubt about YouTube, it. Somebody asked no about Zach's brothers. How many brothers he has? Yeah, yeah. Well, lots I of brothers. Have, I, I'm one of six kids. I have four brothers and a sister. Wow. Yes, lots of brothers. Thanks, yes. Paul. <laughs> uh, someone wants to know about birds with friends merch. Now we still have mm. the T-shirt shop open, Bo. Right, but it's with yeah, the, we got the hipster logo, right? Which was a great logo. It's true. It's true. We do. We do need to get the merch back up and going. Okay. Uh, Philip says, don't forget to like the stream. That's right. Hit that, uh, hit mm. that thumbs up right there. Now that's good not job enough. by Philip gassing yeah. us up. Yeah. Hit the thumbs up, then go to your Apple podcast page, leave a, leave a review or rating, uh, then unsubscribe, resubscribe, do, do all that good stuff. I did see a little bump in the numbers, uh, for the last one. All right. Uh, let's see any other ones here. Good evening from Dublin again. That's awesome. I should mm. be sleeping now. Cheers. Top from of the evening to you. Cheers from Norway. Checking Norway. In from, checking in from Austin, man. What a global brand we have I've got, here. I've got I uh, I've got some Norwegian blood. Oh, five percent. Shout out to uh, to oh, Bergen. Very nice. Uh, Atlanta checking in. Little little ATL. I like that. Mm. Uh, we got Coach Flynn's comment. People are pumped about that. All right, Zach. You get to the next one. And then Sheila, before we get later. to the next one, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about our friends? At DraftKings, I can tell you all about them. I gotta tell you, you know, this isn't even in the promo, but man, you got these—they give you these thirty-three percent profit boosts on these NBA live bets. Outstanding! That's a—that's a daily venture for me. But on the football land, also very good. And football is here two days away. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for Week 1, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved to the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code TOSS to get in on all of the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, all right. what's next? So the next is the dominant mid-season. I'm sorry, the the dominant mid-season storyline that we're not discussing right now. You want me to take it here, Bo? Sure. Uh, Bo, it has. It, it looks like there's something you want to get off your chest. You got a little smirk. Yeah. What, yeah. What's going on? No, I don't yeah. have a smirk. Okay. All right. What's uh, What's wrong here, Bo? Nothing. I just I'm going to give an answer that everybody thinks that I knows that I'm going to give. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Oh, all right. I, I don't know what, what, it, what it's going to be, but uh, I don't know. The, I don't know if this is one we're not talking about. I feel like I, maybe I'm being, people are going to get mad at me. Maybe I'm being a little too uh, a negative here, but I feel like there could be a storyline of did the Eagles make a mistake trading for Darius Slay? Hmm. Maybe he gets off to a rough start, shortened off season, different s- scheme. He's going to be traveling with all these number one wide receivers. 
And we know how it is with cornerbacks. You can play uh, 64, 63 great snaps. If you give up 20-plus yard completions on the other two, if you give up a touchdown, if you have a blown coverage, if it's in a key spot, you're going to come uh, under fire a little bit here. I, I mean, I think it's a given that Jim Schwartz is not going to be helping Darius Slay at all. I mean, that's why you trade for a guy like that. He wasn't helping Jalen Mills or Ronald Darby. So, I mean, Slay is going to be on an island against the best receivers on the other team. Uh, you know, his his response to Jimmy Kemsky's question about his tackling, I thought was pretty notable, really deflected it. That's a, you know, that's a non-issue. Next question, we're moving on. I mean, it was an issue. And so if that happens in a game and he's getting peppered by it, uh, it's different here than it is other places he, he's played, whether that was, uh, you know, college or the NFL. And so uh, if he doesn't get off to a good start and certainly by midseason, I think that's something we could be talking about. Well, this is a city that, appreciates tough guys and you know corners who can't tackle oof not in this city i've been saying corners really have two opponents this year one is that receiver on the other team Mm -hmm. and the other's covid19 and you also got to think about the quarterback too so maybe three and then you got the fans so maybe four okay well okay uh well you mentioned covid um i think that's what i'm gonna go (laughs) i mean i just i'm not I have said, uh, and and you have gotten on me for uh, for flip flopping, and I think the NFL does deserve credit in the way that they are handling things right now. And I don't think that there's any chance they can make it through the season without um, players and coaches getting COVID. I just don't think that enough people are going to be as diligent as they need to. But the the real thing that matters is the people who do get it. Can they stop those people from spreading it in the building? And it seems so far that they have done a good job with that. What just what worries me is it's the same dynamic that we have seen throughout the pandemic um, in different spots around the country that are doing really well. And everybody sort of loosens up. They feel like we've got this thing handled. They're a little bit self-congratulatory. We're doing better than other places. And all of a sudden you give this thing just a little bit of air and boom, you know, things blow up again. So I just I already sense from the NFL a lot of like back padding and we've got this thing under control. You know, there's no safer place than being in this building. And I just, I, you know, things are going to happen that uh, I, I just, I think they're, they're, they're smelling themselves a little bit too much on this. Their public comments though, are like the opposite of that, that, that like, we're not going to let up here. We're going to be, you know, we're, we're, that's but it's human. I mean, it's human nature. It's, but, it's human nature to but, but let up in, a little bit. And 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 look, I'm not. I don't mean to get in an argument here. I'm. Uh, I'm just. I'm just saying the facts. Initially, the testing was only through through training camp. They've now extended the testing, and I I'm far from an expert in this area. But I I, I think what but you are actually sort of an expert here because you've been through the testing. No, but 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 what I think the the key in this is daily testing. Because what daily testing does is it detects someone who, who, who contracts it, and that should limit the spread if, if someone does contract it. And, and I think that is why this has been very effective. And the example we saw with, uh, with Doug Peterson backs it up. Uh, by the way, um, uh, Bo, was, yeah, Bo <laughs> had the second question with Doug Peterson today. Game one. It's, oh, yeah. So it's, it's it's week one, the Wednesday press conference. You know how, how these press conferences are, Shield. Uh, Bo gets the second question. Bo, do you want to say what the question was? 
Yeah, well, I said like, you know. It was know, a fair question. I, I was it, just setting it up. It's a realistic, <laughs> it's a fair question because he hasn't been asked about this since it first happened. And I just said like, you know, legitimately, like there are all these things about after effects of having COVID. Like, how are you feeling? Like, how do you feel? And he was like, it was, it, I, I couldn't tell if it was serious or sarcastic. I think that it was sarcastic. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you asking. Like, he doesn't want people knowing that he had COVID. Like everybody already knows this. It's a realistic thing to ask you about, but oh, I, I didn't take too kindly. I to just it. read the transcript and said he, and so he said that I, I really appreciate you asking. I thought it was uh, sincere. So I, I was really, was... I wasn't sure. And, and the more that I think about it, I think it was sarcastic. Okay. Uh, well, I thought you were actually going to say that my question to Fletcher Cox, which was about, you know, their eight captains. And he said, um, the league is allowing teams to have eight captains this year because only one captain is allowed to go out for the coin toss. Is that the silliest thing you've ever heard? They're about to play a football game, but only one guy can go out for the coin toss. Yeah, only only one guy can go out for the coin toss. That that's is the dumbest actually. thing I've ever heard. But, but that's why when it's so uh, dumb, they're about to when, play three hours all up on each other. When Bo was ripping on the Patriots for having eight captains, every team I believe has eight captains this year. Oh. Not every team. Oh, not every although team. no, it's some not teams every team. Yeah, because I, I saw the Packers. Because I've only, seen that it's not every. Yeah, team. the Packers have 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 one offense, one defense, one special teams. That's how so, it should be. Yeah. Uh, Z Berm bringing the the bark. I know the listeners. Uh, the no, listen, no, no. There's no bark. Listen, li- listeners certainly uh, like that. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think there is a difference though in hot spots around the country getting comfortable sure acting Absolutely. a little recklessly and the nfl because of what zach was saying the resources available to them the protocols in place i agree with you no one should be spiking the football at this point no one should be celebrating they haven't played a game yet i'm still in the camp of uh we'll see what happens as, as you continue to take sort of uh, flip-flop your stances from one end to the other. Aggressive. Oh, how nice it must be to not take a stance <laughs> at all and just float through. Why would I take a stance on I know exactly what's going to happen with COVID-19? I didn't say I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I just think it's possible. It is, po- it is possible. Okay. That's Zach, true. what is your storyline that we're not talking about? My storyline that we're not talking about is that the wide receivers are not much better than they were one year ago. Ooh, um, and I say that because – you know? There's there's a lot of excitement about a, a group that, that really doesn't have significant upgrades. Now Jalen Rager's the first round pick, so there's an upgrade there. But you know, a Nelson Aguilar coming out of training camp in, in 2015 as the first round pick, there was excitement there. Uh, and there could be a big learning curve with Rager here. We don't know, but there could be. I'm, I keep thinking of Shield did that outstanding piece after the draft where he had the average numbers of wide receivers in the first two rounds in the past, I think 10 years and how many actually perform up to a number one or number two receiver. Um, Deshaun Jackson is, is what 33 years old and he's coming off a season when he finished one game. Now he could be outstanding when he's out there, but how, how often is he going to be out there? And thereafter they really haven't done much to upgrade that group. Um, So I think that, it's exciting to kind of talk about John Hagtower and Quez Watkins in practice, but I don't know if, if they really represent significant upgrades over what they did last year. And I wonder if the expected return of what Jalen Rager is going to provide this year is more than the expected return of what you expected of Nelson Aguilar a year ago. Yeah, it's completely fair. That number Zach was referring to there for first round picks as rookies. I think it's over the last uh, 10 yard, 10 years here. I think it's 500 and 
41 yards is their average rookie season. And, and that does not really stack up to a number two wide receiver. So he needs to be better than average among uh, first round picks. That's Jalen Rager. And then day three picks over the last 10 years, the median rookie season is 40 yards for the entire season. So like that is a complete uh, lottery ticket, a complete uh, unknown there. And then the next one we have is the one that was added today uh, by Bo. And, and so I don't have the exact language in front of me, but I've I, got I, it. I oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sort of the flip of the last question. Yeah. What's, what's the thing that we're talking about or that the Eagles are sort of trying to sell us on right now that you just don't buy? Um, and my answer is, is pretty similar to what she was talking about with Darius Slay. And I've talked about this over the past couple of weeks. I'm still just very skeptical that this secondary is as much of an improvement as they are purporting it to be. Um, because if, even if Darius Slay is better than what they had at the top of the cornerback depth chart, if opposing offenses are able to just take advantage of Avante Maddox, or if Rodney McLeod takes a step back, or if Jalen Mills is not ready for prime time at the new position, um, I think they're still in trouble there. And, and it's not so much that um, it matters – to the overall record because we've seen that the Eagles can overcome a mediocre secondary and still make the playoffs. It's more of a matter of you put all this money and all these resources into making this the focus of the offseason and the opportunity cost of that that could have been used on the offense, which makes more of a difference. Maybe it was bad roster construction. Yeah, I had a similar one. I mean, I went more specifically with I'm not buying what they're selling about Avante Maddox and even Jim Schwartz said Nikel Roby Coleman, right? That he's comfortable mm -hmm. playing him on the outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't buy that. I don't know how that's going to go with either of those guys. I don't know how Jim Schwartz is going to use them. I don't know how much confidence he's going to have in them. I don't know if he's going to switch things up if there's a certain matchup, but just sort of that other outside cornerback spot away from Darius Slay. Uh, I, I need to see that with my own eyes that, that they're going to be okay there. And so mine is, in, is, and they haven't said this with their words, but they've said it with their actions, that linebackers don't matter. Um, and I'm, I'm not here suggesting that you need, you know, to pay big money for three linebackers or for two linebackers. But I do think that uh, it's not a position that, they, that you can just be negligent on. And what they're doing here is really trusting guys who, who ha either haven't done it or haven't done it consistently, or in the case of, of, of Duke Riley was benched in Atlanta. Um, I, I, I think that uh, there's a medium between what the Eagles are doing and what, and what you're seeing elsewhere. And, and so I, I would really point to that. All right, good one. What do we got? What's next? How many more do we have here? Has Zach made some picks? Has Zach made any picks yet in his fantasy draft? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's about like five rounds in now. I mean, it's <laughs> oh, already, wow. It's already 8.20, so this thing's, this thing's rolling through. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, bad. Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. This is, this is my job. This, I'm paid to do this. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Thing, I'm pretty yeah. sure we could stop doing this. <laughs> no, no, no. No one at the company except for Marissa would know this. <laughs> and your paycheck's not going to be any different. All uh, right. The Eagle, I believe the next is the Eagles win the Super Bowl if. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll go first here. All sure. Right. Uh, yeah, so here. So the Eagles win the Super Bowl if the offensive line holds up. Like, the offensive line is, is not a problem. The defensive line is what they expect it to be. 
And Darius Slay is uh, the number one corner that they think he's going to be. Um, and then obviously there's there's these other variables too, you know, Carson Wentz. But I, I, I have confidence in, in Carson Wentz. I have some skepticism about the wide receivers, but I, I believe that if people are healthy, they, uh, they can scheme it up. I think the offensive line is a major question mark here. I think the defensive line can't be good. It needs to be great for them to be a, t- a top team. And they have so much invested in Darius Slay. He needs to be special. Feels like you put a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were picking oh, one thing say here. One thing. <laughs> like 18 I mean, things. I like, mean, th- this is the reporter asking, like, all right, this is a seven-part question, Doug. Uh, first of all, I mean, come on. Well, it's, it's, it's funny. I just have if they, if they win the last game of the season. You would have that, yeah. No, I have I nine. But, yeah. I have nine words written down for this. <laughs> okay, all right, let's go. All right, so I'll go with mine. They'll win the Super Bowl if Jalen Rager is this year's version of AJ Brown. Ooh, how about That's that a good one? You know, I gave you the numbers, but there are outliers. Like you know, yeah. if, if it could if, even be Terry McLaurin. Yeah, if he's one of the best wide receivers in this class, I think they've got a real shot. You know, all the things Zach mentioned are true, but man, can you imagine? If you add that and Deshaun Jackson is playing 12 or 13 games, then you've got the tight ends. Now you're, you're talking about, I mean, Miles Sanders. Then you're potentially talking about a group that's better than you had during that Super Bowl season. So that's in play. Is it the most likely scenario? No, but I liked Rager a lot coming out of college. And so uh, if he happens to be that guy right away, I thought he looked the part in training camp, then yeah, absolutely. I think they have a Super Bowl ceiling. I think that's a good one. I think that's well said. I just have, you know, if Carson Wentz is his 2017 self, but that's sort of an, an easy answer. So hmm. I feel like that's the type of answer you would uh, crush us for if we gave. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. uh, so right. now the Eagles will have a disastrous <laughs> season if. Uh, to me, this is if there is, uh, Sheila has already talked about it, but if there's one more significant injury along the offensive line or if the offensive line just becomes a disaster, uh, it's it's a really bad thing, not just because it craters the season, it puts Carson Wentz's uh, health in jeopardy, but there's also, I mean, there's no easy fix here because they have uh, they've used a first-round pick on a left tackle who may not ever start for them. They have uh, Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks locked up, and both of those guys are over 30. Jason Kelsey is maybe one or two years left. Um, they ha- and And if this season is a disaster on the offensive line, that tells you that the guys who they have as young backups have not performed well. And if that's the case, you pretty much have to rework this entire thing this, you know, this offseason. And that's not, that's not likely to happen. And they don't have a lot of cap space to work with. So it's not an easy fix. And if this, like that is to me, uh, they are like teetering on the edge this season because of the state of the offensive line. Exactly what I had. I said, if the offensive line falls apart, either because of age or injury. I mean, we're talking mostly about injury, but what you said is, is correct, Bo. I mean, Jason Kelsey's play could decline. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo, you know, I thought he was fine last year. It's not like he's a pro bowler. You know, if his play slips a little bit, if he's dealing with a nagging injury, all of a sudden uh, left guard becomes a weakness. So uh, there's kinds of, kind of a lot of uh, balls you're juggling or balls in the air or however you want to say it, but uh, they need to be healthy uh, they need guys to maintain their level of play or just have a little bit of a drop-off from last year. Yeah, so I, I would agree with that. But the way I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to phrase it just for the sake of, of saying something different here is if they have a bottom half of the league offense. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because 
I think if this offense does not show improvement this season and the season's not good, then I think big picture uh, Jeffrey Lurie can really look at, 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 at this whole operation and are they going in the right direction here? Um, I thought head coach on the hot seat. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying the head coach is on the hot seat. What I'm saying, uh, and I'm not I, saying it. I thought my, uh, I, I thought my former colleague, Jeff McLean had a good piece today, yeah. uh, really kind of a, a, about some of the changes this off season. And, and we heard Jeffrey Lurie on, on the record, um, say about, you know, offensive football and, and, and how important that is and how he, they haven't been happy with their offense. Uh, the, the, the past two seasons. If this offense doesn't show progress, if this offense regresses, then there's no scapegoating an offensive coordinator anymore, right? And the quarterback is definitely not going to be scapegoated to the in, in at, at least yet because you know there's just such an organizational commitment there. Um, so I think I don't. I'm not saying Doug Peterson's on the hot seat, nor do I think he should be on the hot seat. But maybe the thing you look at then is 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 play calling an offensive system. Absolutely. We, we've discussed it before that when you look at their offseason moves this year, it's very clear what ownership, and I would throw Howie Roseman in there as well, think about what the problems were last year. I know I've said I don't, dis, I don't agree with their assessment. I mean, I look at it as Doug Peterson has sort of maximized the talent on the roster when you look at what he's had to work with. I mean, it's not like there are guys leaving here and going and playing great, uh, great elsewhere or anything like that. But I mean, it's obvious Doug Peterson came out one day, said he's keeping his OC and his receivers coach the next day. Those guys were gone. We know where that directive came from. They don't make any big splashy moves, uh, with the offense in terms of giving him better talent to work with. They rely on guys getting healthier and then, you know, an early draft pick. That is the direction they decided to go. All those things are telling you is that why don't we, you know, why isn't, why aren't our offensive coaches giving us some type of innovative scheme to figure out a way to have a top 10, top eight offense with the players we're giving them, you know, whether, I mean, look at the rich Scangarello hire. It's like they were, has any, does anybody, is there any coach out there who has Kyle Shanahan's phone number? If you do, please come. We want to interview you. Right. I, I mean, this guy wasn't like, he didn't work with Kyle Shanahan for like 10 years. You know, yeah, he and it was a he, bad offense last year in Denver. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. helping Kyle Shanahan implement his scheme. Like the story is he literally like volunteered himself. He, he told Kyle Shanahan, like, I want to be around you for one year in Atlanta, which, you know, credit to him. is looking like a really smart career move here uh, several years later, but that's what they were like. You it's can really just... about the details is what it gets down to when you need yeah, to marriage that. the run game, marry the run game and the passing game. It really comes down to the little details. And that's what uh, my on, the on the coaching staff. And I, and I, I, I don't think that you guys are guilty of this, but I think the big picture narrative, I think Skangarello has been overstated and press Taylor has been understated. Like I think press Taylor for all intents and purposes is, is what Mike Rowe was. But I don't I think, think that's they, right. I, I, I don't think they wanted to do another like just just promote someone internally type thing. What, what, what's the what's the thing? Not, not cauliflower ears. That, that's the rest. Yeah, of the rabbit ears. Yeah, rabbit rabbit, rabbit ears. ears. I mean, can't you just see Jeffrey Lurie watching the 49ers with uh, his cauliflower ears? With his cauliflower <laughs> he, 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 get, ears. he gets out of, he gets out of the ring for his midday workout. Yeah, takes off the what's the, it's not called the onesie. I'm all over the place today. <laughs> what's the you is, is that a unitard? No singlet. Okay, singlet. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what we're you're like, talking about. It now, feels yeah. like we're 
we're like three hours in. Yeah. But can you see him just, you know, seeing Kyle Shanahan getting all this credit, like in that in that playoff game against the Packers? Oh my gosh, look at this trap he called mm-hmm. on third down and the scheme and you know, that wasn't the most talented offense and look at what they're doing. Hey, we need to go out and we need to uh, do some of that. And so it's like, all right, well, I mean, they are a very reactive organization. We've talked very about reactive. this all the time. Like it was Kyle Shanahan last year. It wasn't, you know, Kyle Shanahan was not the hot name. It was uh, Sean McVay. Right, right, exactly. And now you want some of that scheme in there, or do you want some of the Andy Reid scheme? Like, and so now they're trying to mold it all together. I, I think Doug Peterson is a smart offensive coach who's up to the challenge, but, um, the point is, I I think uh, I agree with what Zach said here is we know where the blame's going to go or how they're going to look at this if the offense underperforms. Okay, let's get to our record predictions. Let's close this bad boy up. Uh, why don't we start with the AFC? Does that sound good? Wait, what? Uh, she- Wait, we're saying every team's isn't, record? Isn't that the last one? No, no. Uh, we're playoff <laughs> predictions, and then we get to the Eagles, right? Isn't that what we're doing? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. I, I got okay. Now, Shields, okay, are, Shields, Shields are public uh, knowledge, I think. But uh, I'll go first then. My one seed in the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at number two. Mm. I have the Bills winning the AFC East. Don't love it, but that's the three seed. Bo, once again, not believing in Lamar Jackson, Zach, for the, uh, for the record here. <laughs> Wait until we get there. Uh, Indianapolis Colts as the winner of the AFC. Oh, and you're giving me the Frank Reich love a dove. All right. I don't okay. know. I don't love it. I just, okay. It's really like there are going to be some bad teams making the playoffs with these seven teams. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, the last team will not be good. Then I have Ravens at five, Titans at six, and uh, Patriots at seven. Oh, what? Your boys, you're picking the Patriots to get in the playoffs. Oh my gosh, what a! I fraud. just told you a bad team's gonna make the playoffs. Oh my gosh, I'm not the one who bet on the Patriots under. That was you. He, I get to root for Billy he, Bell. He's got his in Billy we trust underpants on. Look at him <laughs> under. You can't see him here on the. I've screen. always been, always been a big Gunnar Olszewski fan. I started reading the book last night. Um, Ooh, yeah. You know what? I forgot they drafted the Nazi kicker. I'm gonna take him out. No, but I think they cut him. <laughs> Yeah, but he's still in the practice squad, I think. Oh, jeez. Talk what about a way, guy you don't need to keep on the practice squad. by the way. My goodness. What do you mean? That's, I mean, that's what he is. <laughs> All right, Zach. So we're just saying our seven at first? Is that how we're doing this? Or do you want to keep going, Bo? Oh, why don't we do the seven and then, okay. yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I can take you through if you want. Yeah, just take me through. Otherwise, okay. it gets confusing. Yeah. Uh, Steelers over uh, whoever the seven seed is, not New England. I'll make it Houston. Uh, Buffalo over Tennessee. No, no, sorry. Tennessee over Buffalo. Oh. Uh, a little upset. And then Baltimore over the Colts. And then Tennessee loses to the Chiefs. Baltimore beats the Steelers. Baltimore beats the Chiefs, goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, little little wild card getting to the Super Bowl. Well, I guess all the teams That's are right. equal except for the first one, right? Right, exactly. I mean, they're not. It's um, not like the, the two seed doesn't get a buy anymore. So. Well, and what I said to you, I think I said it yesterday. I like, I, I think the Ravens. I like them to take a bit of a step back in the regular season, but mm. be more prepared for the postseason. Okay, uh, I'll go mine quickly. Uh, I got Ravens one seed, Chiefs two, Colts three, Bills four. Steelers five, Titans six, Raiders seven. Already regretting that that bad boy of a pick. Uh, we've got the Chiefs versus the. All right, I have no idea how I did this. All right, Ravens have a bye, and then the Chiefs play the Raiders and the Chiefs win. The Colts play the Titans and the Colts win. 
The Bills play the Steelers, and the Steelers win. That sets up Ravens first Steelers, and I've got the Ravens. That sets up Chiefs first Colts. I've got the Chiefs, and I've got the Ravens in the Super Bowl as well. Mm. Last year, we both picked the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. So uh, this is not a good side. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so I, uh, I, have, uh, I have the Bills winning the AFC East. I have the Ravens winning the AFC North. I have the Texans winning the AFC South. Ooh. I have the Chiefs winning the AFC West. Um, I have uh, the Steelers, the Colts, and the Patriots as my um, three. Can't believe you out- have the Patriots making the playoffs. What a fraud. <laughs> as my three wildcard teams. Um, I, I don't love the depth in the, in the AFC. Uh, yeah, it's I, ugly. I wanted to put a fun yeah. team in there, but. Um, I, uh, I, I have the chiefs and the Ravens in the AFC championship game. And I have the chiefs going to the super bowl. Uh, if we need my, my wild card matchup picks, I can send those along, but I don't have those. Yeah. Just, you know what you should do? Post them um, in the YouTube channel. No, I was going to say post them underneath your Greg Ward tweet. That way lots of people will see it. Mm, (laughs) That's true. Do a little thread on that bad boy. Yeah. 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 Very funny. Send people to your SoundCloud. 7,000 likes for Zach's (laughs) AFC wildcard picks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we should, uh, I don't know, should we just give, how do you want to do this? Yeah, I don't know, how do we do these? I got to tell you, I was looking at that schedule. I haven't, like, looked at the full schedule. (laughs) It's a tough, it's a tough end of the season schedule. They could, like, I could see them losing, like, six of those last seven games. They got to bank these wins early. He hasn't looked at the schedule, Zach, because when we did the schedule pod, he like blacked out and just didn't know what was going on. So, so to give a little uh, behind the scenes, if, if, if we can, our, um, all our stories are are rated, okay? There's like a score that we get. And I, I don't know the formula, but I yeah, imagine this, it. The, it this, the, the, the rating that you're talking about is a, is not really an important rating. Because but I imagine it involves like what people leave at the story, the thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, it's just the thumbs up or thumbs yeah. down. Yeah. And our schedule one is my is, is our lowest rated one. <laughs> like it's the lowest rated thing on my entire board. Yeah, and, that makes sense. That's because the entire one is like both just like this is the week that the NFL is just going to cease to exist. No, I just said they'd play a game and then take two weeks off and then play a game and then take two weeks off. There you yeah. go. All right. I say just go go with your – just do the same way, but then expand about where you have the Eagles. Okay. Uh, I have the Saints as the number one seed, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, I have Dallas as the winner of the NFC East and the number two seed. Uh, I have the Niners winning the NFC West as the three seed and uh, Green Bay as the four winning that division. Mm. My wild card teams, I have, and again, this is like slim pickings, I think, but I'm going with the Eagles, the Bears, and the Cardinals. Wow, taking some swings. All right, I like swings. it. Uh, so the Eagles, like I'm, t- I do, I worry that this, the, the, we are underrating the floor for this team because that that end of the season schedule is tough, and we've talked about the offensive line, uh, they could fall off the cliff. Uh, like I like that bet from uh, DraftKings. If you if you get plus six hundred for the Eagles to finish third in the division, I think those are good odds. I think that's crazy. Isn't aren't like those are good odds? No, no, I think you're crazy. I you mean, you think so? Yeah, they six, have the plus six hundred. I mean, these are two of the worst teams in the NFL in their division. Yeah, but they're like they could fall off a cliff. This team. Oh, I disagree. All right. Uh, so 
still, I have them uh, banking enough wins. I just, I think that uh, it's hard to doubt too much if, you know, we, we get into the weeds a little bit, but they do have a uh, top five quarterback coach combination, I think. Hmm, top five. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I feel good about that. I don't know. I, I think I do it. feel good about that. Okay. All right. Well, we can we can do the math and come back to it on Friday. All right. Continue. Okay. Uh, so my picks, um, I have the Cowboys uh, losing in the first round as a two seed to the the upstart Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, I like which that. Which is a fun. That's a fun uh, Cowboys season. Like thirteen wins on top of the world Super Bowl contenders lose in the game one to the Cardinals. Mike McCarthy just like yeah you're you're by Cliff Kingsbury. yeah like like at the uh you know at the best buy or whatever that has every channel it's just Mike McCarthy giving different <laughs> interviews about how great he is yeah exactly. And then they lose. exactly uh Niners beating the Eagles no sorry Niners beating the uh Bears and Packers beating the Eagles sorry Packer uh, oh a little Lambo so they go to Lambo and they lose yes okay uh, and then Saints beating, who was that? Uh, Saints beating the Cardinals, Niners beating the Bear, or Niners beating the Packers, Saints in the Super Bowl against the Ravens, where they lose to the Baltimore Ravens. Is it, you're stealing my Super Bowl pick. I don't like that. I, I have mean, too I much of an influence that. on I guess you. I knew. I guess, I guess I know that me. yours are uh, published live, so I should have done something different. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's what you picked, though. <laughs> but. <laughs> What do you always say? Well, here we are, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, well. All right. Uh, I've got the Saints as the one seed also. I've got the Cowboys as the two seed. Uh, I've got the Seahawks as the number three seed. Vikings at four. 49ers at five. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six. And the Eagles sneaking in there as the – wait, what was your regular season record for the Eagles? Nine and seven. Okay, that's what I have too. So I've got them at a, at a, as a wild card at nine and seven. I've got the uh, the. So Look at the that cow- drink. What do you do? What do you got there? Yeah, so white wine, from? a little Pinot Grigio. Okay. Uh, Cowboys. Uh, I got a little iced coffee and Pinot Grigio. I'm working on like three hours of sleep <laughs> from those uh, one sit- full sentence all stars. Hey, it's, it's been lovely. People day. are subscribing for it. Yeah, it was worth it. Uh, all right, people are not going to like this. I'm going to get booed in the chat here. Uh, Cowboys beat the Eagles mm. first round. Oh, wow. Uh, first round of the playoffs, the two versus seven seed. The Seahawks beat the Bucks, and the 49ers beat the Vikings. Uh, Final four, Saints beat the 49ers. Seahawks beat the Cowboys. Saints beat the Seahawks. Saints go to the Super Bowl. Ravens beat the Saints in the Super Bowl. So I, 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 had I a feel sim- very dirty having the exact same Super Bowl outcome as you. Yeah, I gotta find you something should. else to I change mean, here. Yeah. Well, I had no. a similar conference um, finish that uh, Shield did. Uh, now I, I feel kind of dirty here or I, or uneasy <laughs> because, um, it's three, three dirty boys <laughs> now, back in January. Uh, I did my 20 predictions for 2020 and number 20 on there was the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Mm. Um, and I, you can't, I, you can't hold yourself Zach, to every yeah, single Zach, prediction. you made. I did a piece yeah. like that for the league in February <laughs> yeah. and I listen, you I'm probably did one a week 18. ago. That, yeah. yeah. I'm eight off okay. 18 of those That's 20. So, you don't so have to, I, a lot's happened. Since <laughs> I wrote that expecting the Eagles to do more offensively than they did this off season. I, I am bearish on this offense relative. I, I think to what the team might be. Uh, but, but I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I have them finishing nine and seven, but I have the Cowboys winning the NFC East. 
I have the Vikings winning the NFC North. Uh, I have the Seahawks winning the NFC West, and I have the Saints winning the NFC South. Uh, my wild card teams are the 49ers, the Buccaneers, and the Eagles. And Can you then, give us a little bit more uh, definitiveness? Give us, like, this is what will happen. <laughs> I I'm will, missing that a little bit. Yeah, so – um, cause you, I mean, you're coming off, you, you had the correct prediction last year. So just, so I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. I, I have <laughs> the Eagles losing. I, I know this is going to annoy fans to the Seahawks on the road in the mm. opening round. Cause I have the saints getting the top seat. Uh, so I, I have this, the Seahawks as the number two seat and the Eagles playing the Seahawks. In- I, I, I just can't take Bo trying to make Capadia Bowl happen and failing for like the eighth straight time. Uh, so I hope wild that doesn't success happen. every time. And, and so then from there, I, I have, uh, I have in my championship game, I have the Seahawks beating the saints uh, on the road, interestingly enough. And then I have the Seahawks and the chiefs in the super bowl. The Seahawks and in the super bowl. I have the Seahawks in the super bowl and I have Andy Reid as the uh well i have patrick mahomes really winning wow another super bowl here so i have the uh the the chiefs and the seahawks and the chiefs winning mm, there you go i am all in on i mean and I, this is not like a uh um an unpopular opinion but i'm all in on, on mahomes this year like i, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. say that is yeah, yeah. google <laughs> apple all in on mahomes that checks out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was all in on Mahomes three years here's ago. A, here's a tip. Watch out for Patrick Mahomes this year. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But that's like um Magic Johnson did a uh did like an NBA playoff prediction and it was just chalk the whole way through. Which <laughs> actually didn't work because obviously the Bucks right. lost in, in five games. So uh quick update. How's your roster looking? Uh, not very good because I've been focused on, on on this. My attention has has been split. But um, some people, someone did note that Zebra. I'm clearly checking to see if fantasy draft has started. He has no idea what she'll just say. <laughs> no, I, I can tell you everything she'll say. The problem is this, by the way. When when we are doing the normal podcast, it's easy to multitask. Yes, so you're, you're never paying attention, on. my man. <laughs> no, like like I'm responding to Pete, our our boss, sometimes when pistol. Yeah. Uh, in 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 this case, you have to be on twenty four seven. And if you're if you look down at your, what phone, do you guys think about a twenty four seven live stream? You in on that? Definitely not. No. <laughs> Uh, like I, show, right? I, some comments i believe in nate herberg or however you spell it <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope zebram's draft goes better than his birds with friends drafts so. i am very eager by the way i'm i am pitching i am trying i'm brainstorming different draft type content and i am just gonna pound the skill guys right away in the biggest overcorrection since the eagles were like we just need speed mm-hmm. zebra i'm trying to draft ronnie stanley in the first round <laughs> hey it wouldn't be the worst thing the team that drafted ronnie stanley in the first round in 14 and 2 last year that's so, very oh, good i like oh that gosh so, yeah sorry i'm not saying everyone's names and giving you credit everyone can go uh, and you can read the chat even when uh, when, when you this go is back. Over. And, yeah. Uh, but, someone but, says. No, it, it, I, I was joking earlier about Washington. I was doing a little Washington prep this morning. And you look at their depth chart, and there's like five first round picks on that defensive line right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying that's like, it's, it's like my Laurie Everett. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, and they're one of the worst teams in football. So yeah, there so. you go. 
someone says Marissa is over this, and then someone else <laughs> wants to know uh, where's the coffee for Marissa. No this, coffee this is, tonight. No coffee. <laughs> this right. is a little too late for coffee. Yeah, I would agree. I, I uh, can't believe Bo's got the coffee. Well, well, we got one more thing to write tonight. Bo is, uh, yeah, Bo's beverage. I, I, your beverage intake is wild. Uh, people are just debating their favorite Zach stories. Like this is legit. This is like a big part <laughs> uh, of the chat here. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. I okay. Think that, that'll do it. All right. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it for the Eagles preseason extravaganza. We'll be Hold back on. on... Hold Go ahead. Someone, someone says Bo is never getting called on again in reference to your Doug Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I got shout out to Sean right afterwards, so that's okay. probably right. All right. Uh, next, time I'm going to ask like, "Hey, Doug, how's uh, you know how's your love life going?" Just get really personal. <laughs> I mean, who knows? That's I'll use my questions for whatever. <laughs> what? This, this is, is live. Question, this yeah. is live, Zach. <laughs> That's a fine question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Could okay. you imagine if you pull that out in a press conference? Like what? What Doug's rat? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, there was a situation a, a few years ago. Do you guys recall this? This is Stacey Andrews' day. No, go ahead. No, it was it was a Marcus Hayes question, and it was framed in such a way that it was like uh, suggestive and and. Oh. And and Doug couldn't hold it in. Yes. Yeah. Oh. What did he say? I oh, do remember that. that. I forget yes. what that was. It was yeah, funny. Doug, it was, it was like 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 Doug's inner teenager came out and he yes. giggled, he giggled like uh, Bo giggled during the podcast the other night. I remember that. I forget what that was, but that was funny. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back on Friday with our uh, preview of the Week One game against Washington. And for Zach, Marissa, and Shield. And thanks again to uh, Mark and Ian for our brand new intro, Sparkling New. Uh, pound that bad boy all weekend in your ears. I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.